It's the Egg Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn, the creator of the Egg Ship, the A newsletter covering uh, credentialed newsletter. Boy, I'm not good on the intro here. I have forgotten the intro. It's two weeks into the season. Um, it's a credentialed newsletter covering Utah State football, men's and women's basketball. You can go to www.theeggship.com to subscribe uh, to read all the stories. You can read the written version of the preview that we're going to be doing here today. Um, I am joined, of course, by co-host Parker Ballantyne. Parker, what's up, man? How's it going? What's up, Patrick? Uh, it is a credentialed newsletter, but it's so much more than that. So I don't even blame you for tripping on the intro. Yeah. It's an awesome Twitter follow. Like if you're not following it on Twitter or X, uh, you're missing out. It's a podcast. It's everything. Um, so you you built you built something big here. So I don't blame you for tripping on the tripping on the intro there. That happens, man. <laughs> well, you and me now. We're, we're going we're going forward <laughs> with this. You and me together. Um, yeah, it's it's at the Eggship on Twitter, uh, and then uh, you can you can find that in the bio here for this this podcast, as well as in all sorts of places if you want to follow there as well as as well as on Instagram. I post pictures on Instagram. Um, I haven't this week because I don't have any pictures. I need to take pictures first, and then I can post some. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're heading here towards Utah State's uh, home opener against Idaho State. We're going to preview that game. Uh, before we do that, we have some news to talk about, and we are going to. I don't even know if I would say introduce a new feature of the podcast because we're still getting a feel for this, but we're going to talk about the the Mountain West uh, schedule a little bit, the the weekly schedule for the Mountain West. We did it on the recap show. There's a couple games that stand out that we're going to touch on. Um, before we do that, though, we do have some news, some Utah State news, some of it good or indifferent, I would say, and some of it very bad. Uh, un- unfortunately, we're probably going to start with the bad here uh, for the football yeah. team sophomore, true sophomore linebacker Max Alford, who went down with an injury on the first play of the season, first play from scrimmage of the season against Iowa, is out for the year. Blake Anderson said at his coach's show, um, he, I don't know exactly what the injury is. I don't know if he specified, but it's a knee injury. It requires surgery. He's out for the season. I would assume that that means it's an ACL tear. That's usually what it is when it's an, when it's a knee injury that requires surgery. Um, just a bummer. It's, it's, it's a bummer. It stinks for the kid. Um, I, I think he was, you know, we talked about him a little bit positioned for a really big season. He was really impressive last season as a true freshman stepping into a big role, um, unexpectedly after an injury elsewhere. I think it was MJ Tafisi who went down, uh, Utah state <clears throat> probably going to turn next to Gavin Barthiel if the, the Iowa game was any indication, but, just on the Alford side of things, man, it stinks. You you really feel for the kid. It was a it was a freak injury. He played one snap this season. Just uh, it stinks. It's really really you know bad news for for Utah State and even worse news for the kid. Yeah, that that just sucks. It's the worst part of sports. Uh, it sucks for him. Uh, yeah, it sucks for the team for sure. We were counting on him to have a I think a really big season. Yeah, last year was his first year at linebacker, and it's just natural to think that that next step in his progression is going to be uh, a lot of improvement. So it sucks. Um, I, you know, when I used to work for the athletic department, um, you won't hear me talk about this too much, just kind of for obvious reasons, you know, mm-hmm. keeping those, keeping those hats separate. Yeah. But I will say the, the worst part about that is being down in the field when stuff like that happened yeah. and having to watch a kid, you know, whether it's our guy, uh, a visiting player, uh, have to be taken out off the field. And, and, you know, a lot of times they, put a towel, you know, they're putting towels over their heads to, uh, to hide, you know, to hide the tears that it, yeah. it just sucks. Like that's the worst part of sports. Um, it's not about, you know, it, it's bigger than sports, right? That's kind of what we always say. It, it's not about, Oh, he can't play football anymore. It's about this kid's dream. You know, he doesn't know where that's at right now. Yeah. Um, and that just sucks for him. So, uh, I mean, if I had, a, if I had a genie with giving me three wishes, one of them would be that amateur athletes just don't get hurt. Like it's the worst part of sports. Yeah. So heart goes out to the, you know, go, heart goes out to Max. Hope he uh, recovers quickly. But uh, definitely, just from a analytical and and you know, uh, Utah State side of things, it is a bummer for the team. Gavin Barthiel looked formidable, but uh, we'll uh, you know, time will tell what we do at that position. Yeah, I would guess based on the Iowa game that it will probably be Gavin who gets the start, and then you're going to see a lot of uh, Bronson Olival, who played a lot against Iowa. He stepped in after Gavin went down with a cramp. I think Gavin is fine from what I have gathered, but I would guess that both of them are going to play. I I think Bronson honestly looked in doing the the film review and watching the game back over. I thought he looked really good. I thought he played really well, so I, I think you could see more of him, and then Gavin really sort of grew into the game. He had a couple mistakes early on, um, you know, screen passes that he didn't pick up the right way, slow to get to the sideline. But 
<clears throat> just as the game gets into even the second, third, fourth quarter, he's adjusting, he's picking it up, and I think that he is a he's a quick learner, obviously a P5 level guy coming from Washington State. I would guess you'll see both. I think Utah State is, you know, at linebacker there is some depth, not as much as they would probably like. It really helps to have Anthony Switzer out there on the field, not as a true linebacker, but as somebody who can do some of the linebacker stuff. Um, and uh, it's never good to lose a starter, especially one who I think was going to be as good as Max. But there are there are options at linebacker. You get Cole Joyce back there. You have Logan Peely in there. Um, probably not Josh Williams for a while if Blake Anderson is to be believed. Yeah. Josh, Josh Williams is yeah. not competing for the job at this state. Um, but uh, there's talent in the room. I think that they will, you know, they will recover. They have the whole season to try and figure out somebody else who can step in there, and they'll they'll have those guys grow into those roles. Um, but yeah, it it, it stinks, and it, it stinks to see the guy you know get <clears throat> get taken off the field. I remember when it happened quite a few times last season, but it happened to Cindy Tuiaki and it's just like, it just takes the air out of the, out of the team. It takes the air out of the whole stadium. Um, and, and, uh, it stinks, you know, that he'll have, he'll have lots of support. There are guys on the team who have gone through this. I think Utah state's medical staff does a good job, but you never want to have to see this, uh, you know, with a kid and, and the recovery for this kind of thing is never, never fun and uh yeah hope hope that that goes smoothly for him i i'm sure it will i think utah state knows how to handle this this kind of thing but um yeah it's yeah. It's, it's a it's a tough loss it seems like utah state got out of the game relatively healthy otherwise which is good news but this is uh this is yeah, a tough that one is to true yeah 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 it's, it's, it's a tough one to to lose lose uh max um yeah and and you know we'll we'll keep an eye on red shirt news and things like that as it comes out he does have a fresh you know he does have a red shirt year so we'll keep an eye on that as news comes out but as of right now you know i just wishing him a speedy recovery um and then on the field hoping the guys around him can uh can step up and fill that gap but definitely there will be news to come on yeah I, on Max in the future, and we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, as yeah. of right now, there's not much else. Yeah, he has the redshirt season if he needs it. I would assume that this is a medical redshirt because he played one right. snap. That had, I mean, if that doesn't qualify, I don't know what would, other than just like a yeah. I mean, yeah. you never um, know these days. But yeah. yeah, he does have the medical, and then he has his redshirt built in. So yep. my guess is he he's not going to lose eligibility. Hopefully, he sticks around. Like you said, we do have a pretty good staff here, yep. medical staff. So hopefully, he sticks around, gets better. We see him on the field next year. Yep. Uh, not that there's a silver lining really ever with stuff like this, but fortunately it was early enough in the season that we could probably see him ready for uh, kickoff next year. But again, yep. that's uh, that's pretty speculative. That's down yep. the road. Yeah. So. Maybe even maybe even late spring ball if 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 it's a if it's ahead of schedule, which has happened before. But like you right. said, we'll monitor that. Also in the news today, uh, Utah State men's basketball releases its full schedule. This is it's I believe it's subject to change based on television stuff for the Mountain West. Um, but the schedule, the teams on the schedule, specifically the non-conference stuff, is out. A lot of this had been released ahead of time by the teams that Utah State was playing, which are generally, I think, a lot quicker than Utah State is to release this stuff. You get teams dropping schedules in the you know middle of June. But Utah State's is here. Um, they, uh, they, they posted the full thing. I posted a, a screenshot of just a spreadsheet for people who want to see it in spreadsheet form on Twitter. Um, Parker, first impressions here, looking at this, looking at this schedule, uh, what, what comes to mind for you? Yeah. So I have, I have a couple takeaways. I'm a total hoops junkie. Like I, yes. I live for college sports, you know, uh, for yeah, college hoops, especially. Um, so I have a couple takeaways. You and I talked about it before we, you know, before we jumped on the air, and it's tough because we don't know. I mean, we we're not even like to preseason yet. We're pretty far out from these teams, um, so I don't know beyond team names what a lot of these represent. But you do have seemingly a weaker non-conference schedule, um, pretty West Coast Conference heavy it seems, which yeah. is I think similar to last year. The one note on non-conference is you do have St. Louis. Uh, the Billikens, pretty pretty strong brand. If you are a college basketball guy, they they're not your Duke or North Carolina necessarily, uh, but they. I mean, A ten is a pretty strong basketball conference. If you're if you're paying attention, if you have been paying attention to college hoops, you probably know St. Louis. That's a bigger brand that we have. Um, outside of that, you do have the Cayman Islands in the non conference. We start against Marshall. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole ton of notable teams or brands out there joining us in that, so yeah. no. 
<laughs> hopefully you can win that. But the non-conference is pretty weak. Conference schedule as it is in the Mountain West is is tough. Yes. Um, what are what were your takeaways? And then uh, yeah, we'll circle back. I want to talk about the conference schedule a little bit. But what were your takeaways on on the schedule drop? Yeah, so I, I have seen a lot of chatter about the non-conference, and I think that there is a general sentiment of like that's it, right? You know, of of kind of surprise yeah. at the at the lack of big big name brands, and that is, you know, I think that that's a fair that's a fair concern. You look at the Cayman Islands Classic, which is where it was not that specific tournament, but Utah State played some of the better teams in its non-conference in a in a preseason tournament last season and and there's not really yeah, that yeah. that same there's not a Washington state here there's not really that kind of brand in this tournament there are i think some decent teams utah state is going to start that off with marshall like you said marshall was good last year marshall was was a top 90 team in ken palm that's a pretty good mid-major school i think in general they do a good job they run from what I remember, which is this is years ago now, but I know they have the same. I think they have the same coach. Um, they score a lot. They go really fast. They score a lot. They shoot a lot of threes. It is very, very up tempo. I think that's going to be a really fun matchup. It's you know months away, but I think that that could be fun. I think that the second round game, which will be against either FIU or Akron, also could be pretty good. Akron is usually really good in basketball. That's that's a strong. It's a strong program. Yeah, I yeah. think it is. It, traditionally, they, they handle themselves pretty well. Um, I don't remember if John Gross is back there. I think he used to be there. I don't know if he's still the head coach there. But um, uh, is either Akron or FIU. Admittedly, don't know as much about FIU basketball as I do about Akron basketball. Um, but I think either one of those could be interesting in the second round. And then in the third round, there's any number of four teams. I think that there are two here who really stand out to me as like, that would be fun. That would be a fun matchup, and that would be Drake and LMU. Obviously, Utah State played LMU last season. Um, Drake is a is a pretty consistent basketball brand and uh, has been, I think they were in the NCAA tournament this past season, if I remember correctly. They are consistently in it. The, the coach there is very good. He was one of the guys I actually had on my list for Utah State when they were looking for a new coach. Um, I think either one of those would be fun, and I would guess that those two teams are probably going to be pretty successful in this tournament, given they're playing Drake and, and Stephen F. Austin. So if Utah State can find some success here, I think they could find their way into a game with Drake or LMU. That would boost it as well. That would be a that would be a jump for the uh, for the non conference schedule. But the rest of it, outside of the tournament, um, I, I think it is you'd say deep cuts, right? Relative to there's no yeah, Duke, yeah. you know, there's no Duke, there's no Kansas, there's nothing that immediately screams powerhouse but like you said st louis is consistently a, a good basketball program and that's a road game that's going to be a tough environment bradley i would say the same thing that's going to be a tough environment they care about their basketball there i think that that will be a uh you know a good crowd and that's basically that is the first um that's the first actual d1 team that utah state is playing this season they start the year with an exhibition against msu billings which is uh, that's a Sprinkle classic right there. That is a Danny Sprinkle yep. tie-in. <laughs> yep. He has a lot of connections to that program. He has uh, coaches he knows who works there. They have sent, when he was at Montana State, they sent players there who were transferring. Um, he has he has a lot of ties to that program. That'll be the, uh, the exhibition on November 3rd. And then they start the season... Uh, against South Dakota Mines. I don't know a I don't know a single thing about South Dakota Mines, but it's a season opener. Yeah, I, I think that's same. your that's your Westminster essentially this season. Um, Southern Utah at yeah. home is, is fun. I think Southern Utah was pretty good last year from from what I remember, and I think that, that could be entertaining um, enough. Maybe I, again, you know, we're a couple months out, and the portal, the transfer portal is such you don't really know who's going to be on these rosters until you start looking at them. I, I'm sure that it's settled now, but. I don't know how similar Southern Utah is going to look this year to what they did last year. I think they lost their coach, if memory serves. Um, maybe they didn't. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, I'll have to. I'll look into that at some point. Right now, my research for these yeah. is not good, but um, I, I think that could be a fun one. That's sort of the the stand-in for like Weber State last year. I think they're better than Weber State was last year, pretty considerably. Um, the road game at St. Louis, like I said, uh, UC Irvine and San Diego at home is what it is. UC Irvine is better than San Diego. And then I really like the, the, the two here near the end, Santa Clara on the road in San Francisco in a, in a neutral site down in Salt Lake city. That's fun. Those are two good programs. Those are, you know, West coast conference, like you said, uh, at Santa Clara is going to be tough. That's another crowd that should show up for that game. Um, and then they close out the non-con with ETSU, uh, which is, you know, not not as good yeah. as some of the other ones that I've named. But I think that there is some right. sneaky depth here. I think there are a lot of 
pretty good potentially like quad two teams on this on this non conference slate. I think maybe yeah, let me see one, two, three, four, five, maybe five or six, uh, six or seven, even if things go the right way in that tournament. That's fine. You'll take that. I I, I think that when you're breaking in an entirely new team, you know, basically uncharted water for Utah State for a lot of programs, uh, having something like this where you're not going and playing Kansas or Duke is probably fine. I, I, I think they'll live with it this season and look to get some Power 5 matchups on the board moving forward, but for right now, it's okay. There there are some fun ones here. What do you see in this conference schedule? Because like you said, it is... There's some tricky batches in here. There's also some stretches where it's not as hard, but there are some really, really rough runs of it in this uh, in this schedule. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, like you said, just to follow up, like it does, it does seem like a lot of Q2, which will be really similar similar to last year. So it'll yep. be a lot of quad two wins and well, a lot of quad two games. Hopefully, a lot of quad two wins. Yeah. Um, it worked out last year. Schedule. It, it was. It and, was. And it worked out last year. It was. It, it was kind of close. They had to. <laughs> <laughs> things got a little bit hairy there at the end, but it worked out in the end. Yeah, maybe don't yeah, lose closer to than a, it should have been. Yeah, maybe don't lose to an SMU style team this season, and things would be a little bit easier on you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the other note that I noticed, just kind of as we were talking, SUU is the only in-state team we play. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about this more, but that's that's a bit disappointing. I don't yeah. think that's on us as much as it is on anybody. You know, the other teams that won't play us, but a little bit of a bummer. Um, but looking forward in a conference play. What stands out to me is just the month of February. That yeah. is going to be a gauntlet. You have yeah. San Diego State on the road. You bring in Nevada, then Boise. Then you're in Laramie to play Wyoming. You play at Colorado State. San Diego State again at home and then in Fresno. That's yeah. That might be the toughest stretch of games. I haven't looked at anybody else's schedule in the conference. That might be the toughest stretch. That might be the toughest month of anybody in the conference. Yeah. Um, the Mountain West really doesn't have any slouches. I mean, Air Force is pretty reliably uh, not good. San Jose has historically not been good. They're improving a ton. UNLV is is up. They're on the up. UNL- Fresno's on the up. Like there's yeah. UNLV consistently just has a whole bunch of guys from from bigger schools and could be anything. Yeah. It, it could they could UNLV could be anything at all. Um, I think if you're gonna get yeah. them uh, early earlier in the slate is probably not the best time to get them. Usually you want to get UNLV later in the season when they have been beaten down by the Mountain West so much that they don't care anymore, um, which is what happened last year. Uh, yeah, when but, they realize that they're bad. Yeah, you, know, you never want to play UNLV before they yeah. know that they're not. There might good. be a crowd yeah. at this game. There's only you're only four Mountain West games <laughs> in at this point. There might still be a crowd by that time. They they could be yeah. you know, fifteen yeah. and four going into that game. Um, you don't want yeah. that, but, uh, yeah, they get UNLV is the, is the, is the road only, uh, matchup. And then Nevada is the home only matchup, which mm-hmm. you could do a lot worse. I think if you're, if, if you're talking about the ones that are not, you don't get a return game. Um, you know, those are two of the better, you know, probably upper half of the league, roughly upper half of the league, uh, teams. And, and so getting them both once you could do worse but that february stretch man like you mentioned even just going back to bye week to bye week uh you get january 27th at boise state san jose state at home on the 30th and then you go into that february stretch stretch uh all the way through the the second san diego state game the home game you no breaks it, it's uh just the teams, Boise State, San Jose State, San Diego State, Nevada, Boise State again, Wyoming, Colorado State, San Diego State again. That's tough. That's a really, really tough stretch without any breaks. Coming out of that break, they get Fresno State uh, on the road, Air Force at home at San Jose State, and then New Mexico at home to close the season. That New Mexico game to end the season should be really fun. That's that's always a really cool matchup. I'm excited to yeah. hopefully get the chance to go to the pit in January. Obviously didn't get to go last year. I think that would be awesome. I've never been there before. I've I've heard I've heard very good things, but yeah, this is tough. This is a really really tough schedule here in the conference, and I think it's just you know it, it's a compliment to the Mountain West that it is able to produce a schedule like this, but also it's never going to be easy. It's it, it's and it's really only going to get more difficult in the Mountain West. I think as as the years go by, because the conference is getting consistently better at basketball, and I think that that's you know as as we talked about realignment stuff last week. It's only going to get stronger, and so there's uh, there's just not many breaks. There's just not a ton of chances to catch your breath, especially if we're assuming that like I don't know that Wyoming is going to be quite as bad as it was last year. Maybe it could be. Who knows? Um, but Colorado State, I would guess, gets better. Uh, Fresno State, I would guess, gets better. New Mexico, UNLV. It's just just sort of all the teams. You, you, there's a lot 
there's a lot to like in this conference. And for Utah state, that means a lot of tough games. Yeah. And, and to your point, I don't know what to expect from Wyoming. They've kind of been up and down the past couple of years. Um, Nevada took kind of a step back last year, but not really. I mean, they were yeah. still good. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to see what you're going to get out of a lot of these teams other than maybe San Diego state who you always mm-hmm. know what you're going to get. Um, and Utah state is right there. I mean, they're, they're one of those teams that you just don't know anything about. We will talk about that probably at length when we get closer to the season, but they didn't return. Basically. I don't think they returned any points. Uh, they, they turned over this uh, schedule or the uh, roster yeah. a lot. So there's a lot of question marks around this team, other teams in the conference. So it'll be, it'll be fun. I mean, Mountain West hoops never disappoints. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, any way you cut it, uh, that February stretch is going to be tough. The conference is going to be tough, but yeah. I'm stoked. Yep. Should be a lot of fun. I'm excited just talking about basketball. It, it's just, just, just looking at the schedule gets the, gets the juice flowing with the basketball. It is, it is a blast. I think it should be a blast again this season. Um, all right, let's talk Idaho state. Let's talk about Utah state football and the game at hand. Like I said, the season opener at home here, um, should be a pretty good crowd. I've, I've, I've seen it is expected to be, you know, not, maybe not sold out, but pretty pretty well attended there's going to be a drone show afterward i don't know what to expect from that i've never seen a drone show before um but they are uh, they're going all out trying to get attendance for this one and the uh the team that they're up against here is idaho state where do you want to start with these guys yeah i mean i i really hope this is a well attended game uh it's uh, it's one of those things where you know what it's it's going to be probably one of the better weather games of the season so yeah. you got to show how when you can uh, the drone show, everything else, it's a, it's, it's a team that you should beat. So yeah. hopefully it's a well-attended game. Uh, I, w- I would encourage all IU fans to try to get to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think looking at this team, um, looking at this Idaho state team, this is not a team to disrespect. I will say, I, I don't think it's a team that we have any business losing to yeah. but looking at what they have done last week. Again, you know, we talked about it a little bit as we recapped the Mountain West last week. They did play San Diego State. I think they played them very competitively, losing in San Diego, thirty-six to twenty-eight. Uh, that's that's. It looked good too, and like they, yeah. it was it was a solid um, for a for a team like Idaho State to go into San Diego State like that. Um, it's not a team to disrespect. They are much improved over last year. I mean, they already have you know they they had what one win last year, so yeah. they're going to pick up. They're going to win more football games this year than they did last year. Yeah. Um, but that being said, looking at Utah State last week, we we look like a team that should win a lot of games. So yeah. um, I'm not worried, but there are things about this team and about the schedule that we can talk about that do have me worried uh, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and, and Idaho State, you know, first-year head coach, it's, it's Cody Hawkins who I think Utah State fans would not – know necessarily but they would know of him if they knew who his dad is which is dan hawkins um a lot of familiarity there (laughs) not not a not a new name to utah state fans obviously the former boise state head coach has been around football for a long time i don't know that there are actually a ton of comparisons in the way that they run their programs uh cody this i mean he's had one game as a head coach he was a he was an assistant at uc davis under his dad for the last six seasons i think since 2017 oc for the last two um, Idaho State last year was, like you said, not good. They were they were one in ten, and they were one in ten in a, in a way that was really. It wasn't just that they didn't have talent. It was like the you know I, I was I was reading up on their their former coach who has I think since joined the staff at Arizona State, and there were some not super uh, exciting <laughs> quotes, not quotes that you love to see from him about like the players don't care, the coaches care more than the players do. No one is trying. <laughs> It's just, it's like, that's, yeah. you're the coach, man. You're the head coach. That's <laughs> kind of your job. Why are you telling me about this? I don't need to hear this. Yeah. You, just, you should be working on that then. I don't, what do you want me to do about this? Um, and it seems like they have, uh, they've repaired a lot of those things. It seems like they are having fun playing football and that they care about it right now. And, and they did against San Diego State. They played really well in that game. Like you said, 36-28. It was, they scored late. Idaho State did to make it closer than it was um san diego state kind of ran the ball all over them we're going to talk about that in a little bit but uh they looked competent they looked like a team that has something that they're trying to do they have an identity they have goals they have players who are 
trying and a coach who's not <laughs> complaining that they're not trying. Um, they're, yeah. I, I think that they're, they're having fun. They're having fun in, in a way that they weren't last year. And so that's a step forward just on its own. I would guess that they are going to be, you know, a, a team that can play in the big sky, which was not the case for them last season. They won one conference game. Um, and it really starts, the improvement starts for them with the offense. Their offense was dreadful last season, averaged about 13 points a game. Um, and it looks completely different. It is it is about as different as a football team can be from one year to the next. And it's also um, within the structures of football, within the structures of the rule, I don't think you could find a more different offense than the one that Utah, from the one that Utah State just played. Uh, going from Iowa's offense to Idaho State's offense, it is like playing a different sport. Idaho State only passes. Against San Diego State, they pretty much exclusively passed the ball. Um, And and I'm going to start with the passing attack here. It is, I would say, air raid influenced. It's not necessarily pure air raid because nobody's really running the pure air air raid anymore. Um, But there's a lot of those concepts. You see the short passing to set up bigger passing. You see using the short passing game as an extension of the running game. Um, And you see, at least last week, two quarterbacks within that offense. You see Hunter Hayes and Jordan Cook, um, neither of whom was the projected starter. (laughs) The projected starter was a West Virginia transfer, uh, Matthew Cavallaro. I've got the pronunciation guide. I don't believe he's on there, um, which is a bummer. But I think it's Matthew Cavallaro who did not play at West Virginia. He was a JUCO guy before that. I don't know if he's playing here. There's not a whole lot of information on Idaho State football, as you might expect. Um, But he didn't play last week. They leaned on two guys, uh, Hayes and Cook, neither of whom looked especially efficient. But they threw the ball 63 times, and I would guess that that is probably going to be a focus here as well. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something that they tried to do against this Utah State team. Looking at their schedule, I think they they played – you know, we talked last week how we probably played the best defense that we're going to see all year in Iowa. Um, I think Idaho State might be able to say the same thing yeah. uh, about about their game. I, I love our defense. I like what we're what we're doing. Uh, maybe towards the end of the season, we are the better defense. But as of right now, I think the Aztecs defense is probably the best defense that the Bengals are going to play. Yeah. Um, and they dropped 28 on them. Yeah. You know, so I mean, there will be Mountain West teams that don't drop 28 on the Aztecs. I mean, let's let's be real about quite that. A, that yeah, is quite a few, show. even if history is an indication, quite a few teams won't do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And especially this year, like we've said, I think um, the Aztecs have been bailed out week zero and week one by the defense. I think they if they had a better offense, both of these games could have been blowouts. Um, and if they had a worse defense, they would have lost both games. I mean, their their yeah. offense is not that good. Their defense is great. So. For Idaho State to be able to score 28 on the Aztecs, that's pretty impressive. Now, that being said, are they going to be able to throw the ball around? You know, are they going to be able to throw the throw the sorry? Um, are they going to be able to throw the ball around the field at Utah State? I don't know. I think Utah State's secondary is really, really good. I mean, if they want to throw the ball that much, uh, in my mind, you can expect Ike to come down with a couple picks. I mean, he almost had yeah. two last week against Iowa. If he's that close against Iowa, I can imagine he comes down with a couple of those against Idaho State. Um, I do think our secondary is going to be really hard to throw the ball against. And if you're forced to throw the ball, like if that's what your game plan is, uh, you're going to throw a couple away, I think. Yeah, and that was, I mean, San Diego State's secondary is the strength of that defense right now. They're really kind of rebuilding that front and that Idaho State didn't even try to run on them is a little bit... I think if you're Idaho State concerning, because I don't think that it's going to get a whole lot easier against Utah State's front. I think Utah State's front is probably better than San Diego State's, at least right now. Talent-wise, it's, you know, San Diego State might have the edge, but with all that they're doing there, all the new guys that they're putting in there, they lost basically everybody in their front six. Um, that Idaho State didn't even try to run on them is is... I think a sign that they're not going to run the ball a whole lot this season. And when they did work through the air, it's it's impressive that they managed to, you know, they threw for more than 300 yards on a on a good San Diego State secondary, but the efficiency here was not the not the strong suit, I would say. I think they were 31 of 63. Um Hayes was was the more efficient of the two, 12 of 21 passing for a buck 45 through a touchdown, also ran for one, but um, he and uh, he and Cook combined for three interceptions. They completed less than half of their passes. It's it's a lot of volume. It's not necessarily a lot of quality yet from this from this quarterback room. If it's those two again, I would expect something pretty similar here. 
and in what should be a much, much faster game for both teams because they're not dealing with the San Diego State and Iowa offenses, respectively, I think three interceptions would be uh, too many. I think that that's probably too many to stay in a game like this. I think Idaho State, if it wants any chance in this one, to really needs to uh, to make it a shootout, and in a shootout, you can't have three interceptions. It's, it's just not going to work, and, and I think that Utah State understands that and understands how significantly it can change this game by forcing a couple turnovers, which it hasn't been able to do quite yet, granted one game, but also in the fall scrimmages. Um, and uh, I think that's really going to be the key more than anything else is that if Idaho State can't pass the ball efficiently, if they can't move the ball down the field through the air, if they're throwing interceptions, um, this is going to be over quickly. That's the main thing that this team has. Yeah. Looking back, Iowa rushed for 88 yards on Utah State. Yeah. If that's all that Iowa got on the ground, I don't think the Bengals are A, capable, or B, going to try to do more yeah. than that. I don't think they're going to try to put the ball, to move the ball on the ground. And if they do, they're going to get, uh, they're running into a brick wall. They're going to have to put it in the air. And like you said, if they, you know, Three interceptions last week. If they mirror that this week, it's over. Yeah. Uh, Utah State's offense will capitalize more so than the Aztecs did. Um, Utah State's offense, for all the the flaws that we saw last week, is better than what San Diego State's offense has been so far. Mm-hmm. If you give the if you give the Aggies if you give Coop three extra possessions, he's he's going to make you pay. Yeah. Uh, especially if we're out here. I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit. We probably should have mentioned it more. Like, especially if we're kicking 45 yard field goals, uh, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're going to score a lot if you're throwing, throwing the ball to us. So um, I'd be a little bit worried if I'm an Idaho state fan, I, I'd be a little bit worried that your offense is not going to be able to get uh, much going. Um, and yeah. that's, that's just tough. Yeah. I, I, it is, it's going to be, a, I think it's a good test, honestly, for the Utah state secondary, which I, I do have some, you know, I'd have a decent amount of faith. in. I think that the approach that they take is generally the right one for dealing with this kind of team. They did a lot of pattern matching against Iowa, which is just that the outside cornerbacks are taking on, you know, vertical shots. They're, they're switching into man. But other than that, it's a lot of cover three. It's a lot of zone underneath um, against a team that wants to pass the ball this much and wants to do it really quickly that is that's a good approach that's a very good approach i think that the the three down linemen stuff that we saw from utah state briefly against iowa not very much i think they did it once or twice and that was enough but you will see more of that here as utah state tries to get more pass defenders on the field and i i don't think that idaho state's offensive line is really anything to be all that concerned about if you're utah state and so i uh, i would say even with, I, I think, a pretty good receiving core, honestly, for Idaho State. I'll, I'll rattle off a couple of the names. Slotman is, is uh, Cheedon James, who was he's kind of a possession guy for them. He does a lot of screens, does a lot of slants underneath stuff. He's like 5'8", 170. Not, not the biggest guy in the world, but he's quick. He's hard to get on the ground. Um, the outside receiver, the big outside deep threat is uh, Christian Fredrickson, whose big thing is that he's big. He's six foot four, two hundred and eighteen pounds. I think he's not super fast, but he is somebody you have to worry about down the field. Um, I like Cyrus Wallace quite a bit, who's kind of a, a hybrid tight end wide receiver for them. He's more of an intermediate possession guy. And then Alfred Jordan Jr. is the one who kind of splits the difference uh, between the slot and the outside. He's more of their speed dude. Um, I don't think there's anything there that Utah State can't handle in the secondary. I would guess that that Mike Onwanu and and uh, you know JD Drew can can deal with that as needed. And and obviously you have like you have you have Anthony Switzer, Simeon Harris played like 60 snaps. I would guess that the same is going to be said here. Jaden Francois, there's plenty in the secondary that Utah State can use to to deal with this. Javar Strong, who I I've checked again. I still don't see him. I maybe I'm just missing him. Maybe maybe I'm just missing Javar Strong. I didn't see him against Iowa, um, but I would assume that he will play here as well. Utah State has plenty to deal with that. I would say, even though it is Idaho's Idaho State's strength, like the greatest strength of this team, I think Utah State's pass defense probably gets the edge here just on a on a talent advantage. I, I don't imagine that they're going to be overlooking this Idaho state passing attack. And that's probably what Idaho state needs more than anything to be competitive here. I, I just, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I'm going Utah state on this too. I think the edge goes to Utah state. Uh, the other thing that we didn't talk about a lot is just the, uh, in order to have a good pass game, you've got to protect your quarterback. And I'm not sure that they can do that against Utah state. Yeah. Um, I think, in the trenches, we looked really good last week against a team that was bigger than us, and 
we're going up against a team that's smaller than us this next week. So I do think they're going to have a hard time protecting the quarterback long enough to get a consistent pass game going. I will say, you know, those those guys you rattled off, I mean, those are they got some athletes they are going to have explosive plays. I don't think this is going to be uh, – I mean, it'll be – I'm hoping and I'm thinking it'll be pretty one-sided, but they're going to have some expl- explosive plays on the offense. They're going to have some big passes, but yeah. uh, it shouldn't be anything we, we can't handle. Yeah, that would be my guess, and I, I think that this is probably a better chance for the Utah State pass rush to show what it can do. Um, that because, uh, like you said, Iowa's offensive line is is quite a bit bigger than this one, and I think that Utah State was several times against Iowa, you know, a step short of getting home, a step short, a half second short of uh, of of getting real pressure on Cade McNamara, maybe putting him on the ground. They did it once. Um, and so I think that that's going to be, that's going to be something to watch is if the pass rush can get home against, again, a team that's going to get the ball out really fast. I think it's going to be a lot of screens. I think it's going to be a lot of quick stuff. And so it's still a challenge, even it's, it's a different kind of challenge, but that would be very helpful for Utah state also helpful. And this extends to the, the run defense, uh, to the extent that it exists in this game, that it is necessary in this game against a team that just doesn't really run the ball. Um, tackling. I think tackling is going to be a really big thing here for Utah State because Idaho State will spread you out. We'll have a lot of guys out on the field. We'll have four wide, and you need secondary tackling. You need linebackers to be making plays. Generally, against Iowa, I thought the tackling was really good, and I think that that that, uh, bodes well for this game where you do need to be making those plays in space. You do need to be you know, you can't let a uh, you can't let a five yard screen turn into a fifty yard screen. It's it's things like that. It's stepping up. It's making those plays. And I think in general, Utah State handled itself really really well with those responsibilities. Yeah, they were finding the ball and they were finding the ball very easily. They were making open field tackles. They looked really good. Yeah. Um, really up and down when I look at this defense, I I'm giving the edge to Utah State across yeah. the board. I think they're you're going to see some interceptions. You're going to see tackles for loss, whether they're uh, whether it's the pass rush, which we just talked about, or whether it's um, if they do try to run the ball, it's not going to go well. They're going to be uh, there's going to be some tackles for loss. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's not going to be uh, Idaho State's going to have a really hard time moving the ball against this Utah State defense. Yeah, and and it's not necessarily. You know, not to say that San Diego State doesn't practice this kind of thing, because it does. It faces a lot of offenses that want to go fast, but you're not really going to tire out the Utah State defense. That's not not exactly how the Utah State yeah. defense works. Um, I, I think if you're going to beat these guys, you probably need to do it physically rather than with speed, because uh, that's what they practice against every day. That is the that is the thing that Utah State's defense sees more than anything else is an offense that wants to go really fast, an offense that is trying to spread the field. And I, it's just it's kind of hard to see how Idaho State would be better at that than Utah State's offense is, uh, which is really, I think, what it's going to come down to. Again, you know, we're, we're saying this a year removed from Utah State losing to an FCS team, but I think Weber State was quite a bit better than this team is, and I think that Utah State team was quite a bit worse at that point than this one is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know that there's really going to be a whole lot going here for the Idaho State offense. I would guess it scores. I would guess it scores a couple times. I think that the pace is such that you can get a couple of those explosive plays, like you said. But if Utah State's tackling is good, if the coverage is generally good, I think it's going to be a pretty good day for the Utah State defense. Um, anything else on that before we move to the other side of the ball? No, yeah, I just totally agree with you. I mean, they, they are going to score. Um, I wouldn't expect an, uh, a shutout. And part of that, too, is our offense. I mean, you you have two offensive yeah, teams that like to move the ball fast, and so you're going to have a lot of possessions. Um, both teams are going to score. I think Utah State's going to do it more. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that just kind of leads us into the Utah State pass offense versus their pass defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I just um, – I, th- I think we're going to have a lot easier – we're going to have an easier time moving the ball in the air than we did against Iowa. Yeah. Everything about the Iowa defense last week was really, really difficult, and we didn't embarrass ourselves. And that's yeah. honestly, you know, that's what it is. I think we were going to get a lot of yards. I would expect. Yeah, I would expect our. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see us running into any problems against this defense. 
No, and, and I think that this is a chance for Utah State to show off a, you know, more of a big play attack in the passing attack than it can realistically do against Iowa. It had one or two, but um, I say that because this Idaho State defensive line is just devoid of guys for the most part. There's just not a lot of guys here. Cortland Horton, I think, is pretty good at defensive end. There's not a ton of true pass rushers here. There's not a lot of speed on the line. I don't think that Utah State's going to be under a ton of pressure here throughout the game. Um, and, uh, you know, this, the strength of this defense, I'll give them credit. It's a, it's a three, three, three broken stack defense, which they took from Iowa state. The, uh, the defensive coordinator here was an analyst at, at Iowa state before coming here. Um, it's a fun system to watch. It's, it's, uh, they do a lot basically to, uh, they can show a quarterback and an offense, a lot of different looks from the same personnel. They don't need to substitute so they can handle tempo better. Um, they have three safeties. They use those safeties in a lot of different ways to change the formation before the play. So a 3-3-5 can become a 3-4 if they need to stack the box, can become a 4-2-5 if they want to put a linebacker up on the line. There's a lot of versatility here. And when a really good defense is, is running it, which has happened plenty before, Iowa State, I mentioned, does it and does it really well, um, it's really hard for a, for an opposing team to deal with because you have to win those one-on-one matchups and your quarterback has to make the reads. I don't think Utah State is going to have a whole lot of trouble winning these one-on-one matchups, even with a secondary at Idaho State that I like. I think these corners are good. I think that uh, Josh Alford is a you know, four-year starter there. He's excellent out wide at, at corner. He's a really good number one corner. I like Tyler Bohannon a lot as well. He's really their, their long kind of shutdown corner. I think he's 6'2", Montana State transfer. He looked really good as well against San Diego State. They held San Diego State at 85 passing yards. Um, and then Jihad Brown as well in the uh, in the cornerback court. That's a good group. That's a really good trio. But you need to do it for, like you said, a lot of possessions. 85, 90 plays, a lot of tempo, more tempo than they saw last week, and a much more, pa- a much more competent passing attack than they saw last week. I think that there's a lot of room for Utah State to make plays here in the air, and I would imagine that Utah State will get a lot of receivers involved. I think that this is, you know, Terrell Vaughn is, is obviously a staple of the offense, but I think that this is also a game for your Micah Davises, for your Jalen Royals. Um, you know, Kobe Bowman can get involved, Otto Tia, obviously. I think you're going to see a lot of guys here for Utah State out wide, and I think you're going to see a lot of them making plays. This is the this is the chance for, for Cooper Legat to start throwing the ball down the field here. He didn't really get that opportunity last week. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of things that I wanted to go over is, I mean, yeah, the first is, yes, they held San Diego State to 85 passing yards. They also don't have the passing attack that we do. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll say also just to, to add a, a little bit of context to that, they also allowed a 304 rushing yards. And so I don't know that San Diego <laughs> State was trying all that hard to throw the football. I don't know if they cared all that much. That Brady Hoke is more than happy to just run the ball all game if you're going to let him do that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, but even then, Jalen Maiden seems he seems like an awesome dude. Yeah. Uh, but he was playing safety like what two years ago. Yeah. Um, we and again we just don't know what he can do yet. Uh, but I do think Cooper Legai is a better quarterback. Um, yeah. I do at, think at we have stage, a more yes. competent passing. Yeah. Yeah. We. Uh, yeah. I think at this at this point it seems we have more competent passing attack. Um, I the, the the concern or what I want to see out of this offense is I want to see them get out and get to work fast. Yeah. I don't want them if, if they aren't scoring by the second quarter and if they're not getting into the end zone by the fourth quarter, that's an ugly, ugly day and we you know, you probably don't win. Yeah. Um they took way too long to get going against Iowa. They didn't make a ton of mistakes. They didn't have a lot of turnovers, but they didn't get it going. So I want to see these guys hit the gas right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um that's the one thing I'm looking for. And the way you do that is by putting the ball in the air and making big plays. And and the other thing is like, yeah, this, this defense is unique. It is fun. And it's going to look great when they are playing guys that are, you yes. know, evenly matched with them. Yeah. It's not going to look that good. I don't think against Utah state. I just think we have too many weapons. We have too many guys that we can get the ball to. I'm excited to see what these guys do in conference play, but I just I just don't see their defense being uh, being able to match up quite well enough with with some of our guys. I think we're a little bit too deep. Yeah, I, I think it is a you know it's just it's a it's a significant uphill battle for Idaho State. It's it's a significant significant talent gap to have to cover, and that scheme in game two under a new defensive coordinator is probably not enough to cover that. 
it's you can do some things. I would not be surprised if they do bait Cooper Lega into some mistakes. It is hard to read. It's hard to read that defense. You don't know what it's going to be on any given play. It can change every down. Um, but you still have to cover guys. You still have to cover space, really, more than anything. It's not even just about winning one-on-one matchups. It's about covering the field and... Utah State, I think, has probably too much speed for Idaho State to deal with there. Um, and then and then the rushing attack, it's really, there's not a whole lot to say here. Uh, they gave up 304 yards to San Diego State. Utah State has three running backs that it would really love to get going here, I think. that I think Utah State would really like just a nice a nice afternoon of running the football, and I think that it could be, it could be you know, Idaho State can oblige that. There's not a whole lot here on this defensive line. Like I said, the defensive tackles, I don't really like either one of them. They didn't play very well against San Diego State. Um, These linebackers are all new. They're all JUCO guys, and they were all pretty rough against San Diego State as well. I like Mason Young at safety. I like the safeties, too, in general. I think Calvin Pitcher is really good. Herman Smith was fine. I think he's a Jacksonville or a Jackson State transfer. Um, there are some players here on this defense who I like. Most of them are not involved all that much in the run defense. I think that it is a, um, it's kind of a free for all here for the Utah state rushing attack. Yeah, I, I think so too. We ran for 116 yards last week. Yeah. Uh, I think you can expect, yeah, uh, all three, you know, Faison, Booth, Briggs, they're, they're going to look, you know, they're going to look good. This, Idaho state yeah. will kindly allow them to. Uh, to get into a nice rhythm, which is exactly what we need at this point in the season. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what those three can do. I'm not sure that any of those three can be consistently stopped. They're they're going to have their way, I think, with yeah. the Idaho State defense. And uh, eventually, they're, these are three dudes that are probably going to have their way with a lot of defenses, but I, I don't see them being slowed down a lot by this Idaho State team. It's just um, – and, and to have three of them, too, I mean, we uh, – we're going to be moving the ball on the ground probably just about as much as we want to. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to coin the phrase here. I think we're on Jaden Bailey watch in this game. I think we could be in for a Jaden Bailey fourth quarter. That's <laughs> I think that that's about where we're at with the rushing attack against this Idaho State front. Um, get the freshmen involved. Get some guys in with their you know their first to four games this season. I think it's that I think it's that sort of afternoon for Utah State. That's certainly what Utah State would prefer. Um, uh, there's uh yeah there's I don't know if there's a whole lot else to say about Idaho State here. This is a this is an improving FCS program. You can see that they have a distinct identity. They have a coach that they really like. They have a coach that the players seem to really like. I am I'm like you have said, you know, excited to see what these guys can do in the big sky. I think that they could be legitimately competent this season. Maybe challenge for a winning record. That's a huge step forward very very good for that program happy for them they've been through some pretty lean years here i don't know that this is necessarily the game for these guys to to show that and i think that ultimately utah state really benefits here from uh, san diego state learning a lesson last week ahead of utah state having to do it utah state doesn't have to be the first one that sees this utah state has has film has seen them do this before knows what this offense is going to do and I think that the element of surprise is, is probably a pretty big part of why that game was so close for Idaho State last week. Yeah, that's probably right. And, you know, like you said, I would love for – I think it goes a long way to have this Utah State team have their starters off the field. Um, they they should not see the fourth quarter. I think that's what I want to see. Yeah. I think that would show a lot of discipline and, uh, you know, just getting – doing what we need to do in this game. Um, now, that being said, I do I do have a concern, and I want to get your uh, – I want to get your kind of perspective on this. Um, when you look at the the schedule for Utah State, we have Air Force next week. Yeah. And if you ask any head coach or any defensive coordinator in the country that plays Air Force, they are probably going to pick the Falcons as the week to have a bye week before. Yeah. This is a team that people want to have two weeks to prepare for. Yeah. So I do, you know, my one concern is, it is going to be very tempting to have this team, this coaching staff, spy forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that being said, if they don't do that, if they show the discipline and if they show restraint, then you only have a week to play Air Force. Yeah. You know, you only have a week to prepare. And so I'm a little bit worried about having that. Um, if you were to tell me, hey, in two weeks you lose one of those games, that's probably likely. I think in a vacuum, we can beat both of these teams. We've done pretty well against Air Force recently Mm -hmm. but having one week to prepare is tough 
it's also tempting to yeah to not pay as much attention so what what do you think on that like what are what are your thoughts on how that uh that shakes out yeah it's it's always a it's always a concern with air force on the schedule and and i think you you know you bring that up like you said to a defensive coordinator to a head coach to a defensive player and they are they they shudder you know nobody nobody on that side of the ball wants to talk about air force they don't want to think about air force they don't want to play air force that is what's that's what air force does um and the the uh back and forth and back and forth here of run heavy Iowa physical offense, uh, throwing the ball a million times, Idaho state offense, triple option, air force offense, and then normal James Madison offense the week after is a lot to ask of a first year defensive coordinator here with this team. Obviously Joe Cawthon has been around the block more than his fair share of times. Um, and has, has dealt with stuff like this before. I think he's, he's been, I had the number a couple days ago. He's been a defensive coordinator in college football for almost 30 years at this point. He, he's seen this, he's dealt with these offenses before he knows how to coach this stuff. I think that Utah state is going to benefit. It's not the same. It's not the exact same at all. Air force's option is, is unique. Uh, it, it just is. It's unique on any schedule, but Utah State practiced run fits a lot in preparing for the Iowa game. You could see it on the tape that they practiced run fits. They were in the right place. They were disciplined. They knew the places that they needed to be, and then they made tackles. Um, That's the biggest thing when you're preparing for Air Force is physicality. It's discipline. It's being in the right place with your run fits, and your run fits don't really change when you're playing against a different offense. And so I think that they did get the benefit of preparing a little bit ahead of time for Air Force by playing Iowa, by playing against that rushing attack and by handling it really well. It's, it's like I said, it's not the same. you got to figure out how to deal with all the eye candy in the backfield, but it's it could be worse. If you're, if you're going straight into Air Force after playing only an air raid team, I think you're feeling a lot worse than Utah State will be, which is going into it having played Iowa, having played a team that wants to run the ball and that did run the ball quite a bit. Um, it's not ideal, but it could be, it could be a far, far worse situation than the one that they actually have. Yeah, it absolutely could. And we, we look at last week, you know, we look at last year, um, we've drawn some parallels between the Iowa game and the Alabama game. And I think this Weber, you know, this Idaho state game, uh, kind of rhymes with that Weber state game. Yeah. Uh, I hope not too closely, but it, it looks, it looks like it is a similar, uh, setup. However, I think we talked about, Alabama beating us twice and really we lost the Weber state game because of the week prior. Yeah. Uh, and so my concern would be kind of the reverse is losing this Idaho state game because of the week after. Yeah. Um, and so that, that would be my concern. I don't think, I, I think that's a long shot. Like I, I'm really confident going into this game and I'm honestly pretty confident going into air force, depending on what we see um, from those two teams. But then again, I was confident going into Weber state last year. Yeah. Um, Weber state is not a team that beat us physically they beat us mentally or we beat ourselves mentally rather i would would say they beat the utah state beat itself mentally and then weber state beat utah state physically yeah yeah that's fair it was it was a double dip yeah i mean weber state you gave them credit earlier in the show they were good that was a good Um, team it was a good really good really good coach as uh as has been shown by what he has done this offseason he did not stick around at Weber State. They, that's that's a good ball coach. That was a really good ball team. This is a team in progress, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but you know, even with how good Weber State was, um, it, it required Utah State, I think, mentally. Yes. Losing that game first, and so that would be the only way Utah State loses this game in my mind. Looking at this matchup, is if they lose it mentally first. Yep. Now, luckily, I think we did a great job last week. Um, if we get blown out by Iowa and then you're looking ahead at two weeks and you have Air Force, this game suddenly becomes a trap game, and I think it gets really difficult. Mm-hmm. I think we looked good enough last week against Iowa that we do have some juice. We have some swagger. We're healthy. We should be able to take care of business, and then next week will be will be next week. But my point just being if we lose this game, it's a mental thing. It's They're not going to beat us physically, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that there's a lot in the Utah State iowa game that would be encouraging coming into this with the physicality with the tackling with the stuff that we've talked about Um, yeah i had this one i think conservatively honestly in in talking through it and thinking about it i had this one pegged at 45 24 utah state i think that's probably a little bit too much for idaho state's offense i would say 45 17 52 17 something like that it's a comfortable win i think we're on i think we're on Jaden bailey watch here as i as i said um, I think Utah State runs away with this one. It sounds like you are in in agreement with me there. 
Um, yeah, you yeah, know. I absolutely am. Same and, range. I'm thinking they probably find the end zone twice. Yeah, uh, we're probably forty plus forty five fourteen would not surprise me. Um, forty five seventeen, they might kick a field goal, something like that. But I think we have the same uh, same idea here. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about the Mountain West schedule here real quick, and then get out of here? Yeah. Let's run through some of these. Um, do you have any? So I'll, I'll, let me read the whole schedule. I have it right here, and then we can talk uh, a little bit about. Uh, what we're looking for this weekend. So we have UNLV at Michigan, Cal Poly at San Jose State, Portland State at Wyoming, UCF at Boise State, um, Idaho at Nevada, UCLA at San Diego State, Air Force at Sam Houston, Tennessee Tech at New Mexico. Uh, We have our game, Idaho State at Utah State, Eastern Washington at Fresno State, and then Albany in Hawaii. Yeah. there's a couple of those that stand out to me. What are what are you watching this weekend? What are you most excited for? Uh, first things first, I'll get these out of the way because I don't know if there's any of these that we want to talk about specifically. I'll do a blanket statement here. Uh, Wyoming, San Jose State, Nevada, New Mexico, Fresno State, and Hawaii. Do not lose to FCS teams. First things first, do not lose to FCS teams. Utah State obviously included in this as well, but... Um, no Mountain West losses to FCS teams. I think you're feeling great about the conference. <laughs> that would be that would be yes. the number one thing for me is, you know, Albany's going a really long way to go play at Hawaii. Eastern Washington's a good program. Fresno State's a better program. New Mexico, I have some real concerns about you against Tennessee Tech. I don't think Tennessee Tech's all that good. I just have some real concerns about New Mexico football. Um, right. Nevada, this is tough. Idaho's a good team. Idaho's a pretty good program. Uh, San Jose State got to bounce back from two Pac-12 games. Wyoming coming off an enormous high, like one of the biggest wins of of recent memory for that program. Now you have to go play Portland State, and Portland State just lost by 80 to Oregon, and it probably isn't a very good team, but just no overlooking these games if you're the Mountain West. We have seen it happen before, and I think that it would not surprise me at all if one of these teams in the conference gets got by an FCS opponent, but that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind here. There are much bigger games on this schedule, but to clear the board of all those, don't lose to FCS teams. That is that is top yeah, of the board for yeah. me. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And like to your point, Albany, I I don't know that there are very many colleges that could possibly travel further yeah. to get to Hawaii unless you're flying around the globe the other way. Like that yeah. is a long way to go. Yeah, Hawaii should not lose. Yeah, these teams, this conference should not lose to FCS teams. Um, full stop. We were guilty of it last year. Let's not do it this year. Nobody yeah. should lose to FCS teams. It, was it, um, so was moving, it Nevada that uh, got yeah. just crushed last year by an FCS team? I think it was. <laughs> it was yes, some... it was. I think it was the same week as as yeah. Uh, yeah. as our Weber State game. I just remember like, are you kidding me? What's Mount West doing? Um, it was like 56 yeah, to 14 or something. I don't remember exactly. It was not competitive, which is not what you want at all. I, I'm, I have my concerns about Nevada and New Mexico this week, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Was, okay. So let's talk about the, the games we're wanting to, you know, the, the ones that excite yeah. us in a minute, but like, I, since you brought it up, um, I do think the New Mexico, Tennessee tech game for all the wrong reasons is a little bit important because New Mexico has to win that game yeah. and New Mexico is not good. Um, you yeah. learn a lot about this New Mexico team if they lose that game. Winning, yeah. you'd learn nothing because that's what they're supposed to do. You you were in the Mountain West. Yeah. Um, and same with Nevada, Idaho. Like, look, you these two teams are teams that have not been great at football recently. Um, I mean, Nevada just a couple of years ago, like if you're losing your head coach to a team in the conference, yeah. that's not good. That no. is not good. So those two teams, uh, those are two games I'm watching pretty closely just because you got to win those games. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, as for the FBS versus FBS, FBS versus FBS matchups on this board, um, the ones that re- reasonably speaking could be important for Mountain West teams that isn't just avoiding a loss. Uh, we have here, you mentioned UNLV at Michigan, UCF at Boise State, UCLA at San Diego State, and Air Force at Sam Houston. Where do you want to go first here? Um, let's go, um, let's go UCF Boise state. That's the big one. I think that's going to be probably the matchup of the week for me. Yeah. Um, just because I think both of those teams have a lot to prove. I think that'll be more evenly matched. I mean, we can talk, you know, UNLV Michigan, that one's going to be fun, but Mm -hmm. probably just for a quarter. Yeah. Um, UCF Boise state, uh, this is a huge opportunity for the Broncos to, to right the ship a little bit after a really, really ugly loss last week. Yeah. Uh, UCF is a good team. They're a power conference. They're a power team now. 
they are coming off a huge win against Kent State, 56 to 6. Definitely a test, but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for Boise State. I, I think Boise State should win that. They they uh, I don't know if they will, but they absolutely should. That that should that would be a big game for the conference and for the program. Yeah, the uh, I, I was writing about this game yesterday for an unrelated matter, and Bill Connolly's SP plus numbers preseason had Boise State as two point underdogs coming into this game. Um, now, after seeing these teams play one game apiece, fifteen point underdogs coming in. That is yeah. That is reflective. That, that is reflective of a very bad first week for Boise State and a very good first week for UCF. Boise State should win this game. That would be my advice to Boise State. I think Boise State should win this <laughs> yeah. game. But as, if they will, um, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about this Boise State defense right now at all. Like, there's a lot of new pieces here. I know Andy Avalos is the defense guy. There's a lot of new pieces here, and it was really, really rough last week. And UCF, um, against a bad team, against a really bad Kent State team, gained 725 yards, including almost 400 on the ground and more than 300 through the air. This is a really good offense, and it's a really, really hard test for Boise State, especially coming back after getting beat up by Washington. Um, I, I think yeah. I think Boise State can score here. I think Boise State probably needs to score here for this to be you know close to have a chance to win. I don't feel great about this for Boise State. I just I don't love the matchup. I don't know that they can handle the speed of UCF on on this this new look defense. And honestly, based on what I saw last week against a not all that great, you know, could be pretty good, but not all that great Washington secondary, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in the Boise State offense. I don't really have a whole lot of faith in Taylor Green. I think he looked pretty bad last week. Yeah, I yeah, you know, like like you said, I would strongly advise the Broncos to win this game. I would strongly yeah. advise all the Mountain West teams <laughs> to win their matchups this week. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in any of Boise State's game right yeah. now. I I don't know that they. I mean, what did they prove last week? What did they? What did they look good? I mean, Utah not, State. Not much. They ran the ball we went kind to, of like a little bit yeah, when the game yeah, was close. They could of. run the ball. Yeah. Like Utah State went to Iowa and like we lost, but we proved a lot. I don't yeah. think that Boise got anything out of that loss last week, and I think they're going to pick up another one this week. Unfortunately, yeah. this is a game that should be, uh, you know, if we're talking prime Boise State, this is a very competitive game. We're not talking prime Boise State right now. This is not, um, this is not the team we've grown accustomed to to watching. Yeah, and you look at we've talked about this before, but you look at the rest of September here. You get on the board. North Dakota next week, a home game against North Dakota. That's a get right game, but then it's then you get wrong again. Then it's at San Diego State on a Friday night, and then it's at Memphis to end the this first month of September. That is not fun. That is not a fun first five games. That is if you don't win this one, if you're not competitive in this one, very very easily could be one in four heading into the next two months of the season. That's not a good start for a team that really 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 had high expectations for this season strongly would advise them to win this game. I don't know if they're going to. Um, next up yes. here, where do you want to go? UCLA, San Diego State is the one that comes to mind for me. Yeah, that, that's where I was going to go with that because, I mean, you brought up the Boise State-San Diego State game in a couple weeks. That might be uh, that might be two teams that are not uh, looking yeah. good. I don't think I don't think San Diego State has done anything in there. Okay, they're 2-0. and Great. Yeah. That, again, I'm pretty, not going to take that away from them. Tough month of September for these guys as well. They're gonna, they, after yeah. this game, it's at Oregon State versus Boise State and then at Air Force. They will have played six games by the end of this month, this season. <laughs> Come yeah, on. They, they, they play a lot. Um, and they haven't shown anything in their first two games, even though they were wins. Uh, they haven't shown anything that they can beat UCLA. Or Boise. I mean, at this point, Boise and San Diego State have been, I think, very disappointing. Yeah. Um, we'll, we're going to learn a lot more about both these teams soon. But, but man, San Diego State, UCLA, Oregon State, Boise State, that's top. Um, I haven't seen anything out of the San Diego State team. Their defense is good. I, we've said that. Yeah. Their defense is good. Um, nothing indicates that they're going to beat UCLA. Nothing. Yeah, I think the run defense specifically is the thing you really need to hope for here if you're San Diego State, that you could slow down that rushing attack and force uh, for presumably a freshman quarterback. I would assume they're going to go, UCLA is going to go with Dante Moore. I, you'd have to be 
crazy not to, I think, after how well he played against Coastal Carolina. Um, but yeah. it's a freshman quarterback. Maybe you can fluster him. I think that you need to be able to uh, be, need to be able to stop the run, and then I think you need to force him into a couple mistakes and slow this game down. I would not expect that that's going to be how this goes. I think UCLA probably rolls, but San Diego State, you know, it, it is capable of keeping games close if it could run the ball. I think it can maybe run the ball here. Needs this one to be low scoring. Needs this one to be a, a slugfest. Um, game that I'm 100% confident will be a slugfest, and that I think is probably going to end 14 to nothing again, just like Sam Houston's last game did. Air Force Sam Houston. Uh, Sam Houston can't score, and Air Force's defense is really good. This is going to be just, uh, I think this is just going to be Air Force gets a couple touchdowns and then calls it a day. Yeah, Sam Houston, um, yeah, they they did not look good last week. Uh, but to be fair, neither neither did their opponent. BYU didn't look like anything uh-huh. special. We we joked before the you know, before we were recording. In my mind, both of those teams haven't played yet. Those are both like zero zero records. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen anything of note out of Sam Houston or BYU. Um that game was just such a such a nothing. Yeah. Um Sam Houston, uh, so I mean the thing about Air Force is yeah, they probably shut out Sam Houston. Mm-hmm. What are we going to see from the offense? I'm I'm kind of excited to see that. They dropped 42 last week. Yes, it was against Robert Morris, but that's not Air Force's style generally, so it will be interesting to see what they run on the offense. Um, I don't know that it is 14 to 0, like you say, it's probably a higher number to yeah. 0. It's it's that, they're not yeah. Gonna, yeah, Sam Houston's not going to score curious to see what comes out of air forces offense in the coming weeks though yeah i I think sam houston's defense is is capable and could be kind of an interesting test here for for air force but i don't think sam houston state is uh scoring i don't think they're gonna find the end zone here um and then the last one not i can't i'm gonna be honest i can't really sell this one unlv at (laughs) michigan I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like UNLV's. I like some of UNLV's players. I think they could be decent this year in the Mountain West. I don't think decent in the Mountain West translates to winning at Michigan. No. Um. I mean, just to make this conversation a little bit more interesting and possible to get through without yeah. lapping, let's let's change the let's change let's move the goalposts a little okay. bit. Let's take the line. Michigan. I, I would say just don't get hurt. That would be how I would move the goalposts. Come home healthy. Come home alive <laughs> yeah. and healthy and ready to play next week. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. I mean, the Mich- the line is Michigan uh, minus thirty-seven and a half. Yeah, I don't even know that. I don't. I don't know that UNLV covers. Like, I really no. Come home healthy. Come yeah, home healthy. Come home is healthy. All I want. Out of I, I do have a fun little betting note here based on that. Thirty-seven and a half is the line for Michigan. That's also the total for Air Force Sam Houston. So. Just a fun kind of <laughs> a little bit of similarity there. <laughs> that is wow, yeah. Look at that. That is fun. Um, that 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 shows the teams playing like that. Yeah. That shows that's a good reflection. Yeah, very different. Very good reflection. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mich- don't expect much out of UNLV. Come home healthy and yeah. Start your season over. Yeah. Michigan is expected to beat UNLV by an entire Air Force Sam Houston. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna win them. They're gonna beat them by an entire football game. Um, yeah, that's, would, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think that that is. I think that that's fair. Should be a fun week here in the Mountain West. Should be a fun week at Utah State. Excited to see what they look like in their home opener. Um, excited to see the folks back in the crowd. I think it's going to be well attended. Uh, should be a good time. And we'll be back here talking about the uh, talking about the game at hand with the recap show. Parker, anything else before we get out of here? That's it. See you all at the math.